0: You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so
1: uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when well,
0: you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. He's up the floor. reason a drop down. Kobe. Good day, good night, and welcome to Hardware Radio, Ben. Uh, we all know we follow each other on Twitter, and I have to say, on draft night, you made my night. You kept me entertained for hours.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I cannot take any of the credit. That draft was a draft for the ages. Um, it was uh, the crazier it gets, usually the more fun it is. And around draft uh, draft pick number ten the entire draft went sideways so it was a yep. lot of fun
0: yeah that's when the trade was made right that's when the... um,
1: it was when um milwaukee drafted tom maker okay yes which,
0: tom maker earlier than threw, expected yes
1: which threw everybody uh, which threw everybody on their backs
0: 7 foot 1 tom maker if i'm not mistaken
1: yes 7 foot 1 Jeez. or 19 years old or 23 nobody is <laughs> really sure depends who you but, ask yes <laughs> but uh, Canadian he was way. not. Pl- yeah. Pardon me.
0: Canadian, quote unquote.
1: Uh, yeah, he played. He played for uh, Orangeville Prep, which was the big prep school in Canada, uh, for I think the last year. Uh, prep school where Andrew Wiggins went, where his uh, draft mate Andrew, uh, Jamal Murray went. Uh-huh. He, they played together, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, but he's from he's from Sudan originally.
0: All right, let's without like further ado let's talk about the number one draft pick first of all today on the show yes we're going to talk about the draft we'll be mainly focused on the draft and the trade and to start off well ben simmons without no surprise at all has been chosen by the 76ers (laughs) what's your thought on the the tone the first draft pick uh
1: yep he nobody was surprised that uh, ben simmons uh uh, won the first uh, became the first draft pick overall. He was uh, le- largely favorite. Um, the Colangelo uh, family had been pretty clear that they wanted to draft him. Uh, it was just a technicality when he walked on the stage, shook Adam Silver's Adam Silver's hand, and put his Philadelphia uh, hat on.
0: What do you think is going to happen with Simmons? Because he played for a less-than-average college. He was able to dominate facing lesser opposition. He was silenced against big club in college. What is what's he going to bring to the 76ers? Does it is this game translatable to the NBA? Or does he Brandon Ingram, who was chosen second with the Lakers, have a better, better pro career ahead of him?
1: Um, it's difficult to know where Ben Simmons' ceiling is going to uh, be. Because a uh, lot about uh, Ben Simmons' game, we don't know yet. We are, we've never really seen a, a guy with a power forward body have such uh, point guard skills. Uh, we have not seen uh, someone with his ability to uh, get to the basket who cannot make any shots. Uh, he's very good at some things. He's very bad at others. I think he's going to be a great... Uh, NBA player I think he's going to have a legendary career. I'm not sure he's gonna win a title, but um he's he's going to be at least Blake Griffin. That's how I see it. At okay. least he's going to be Blake Griffin. He can be a lot more. Uh which is not bad. Brandon it's still like
0: five Brandon... percent uh, of the players not even that are Blake Griffins of this world, right? It's like one or two per team at least. Uh not even.
1: I think not I even, think yeah, there's yeah. like players of Blake Griffin's level level there are maybe fifteen in the league. Okay. And I think I think that Brandon Ingram is going to be very good, too. Um, he might not have um, Simmons' versatility, but he is going to bring Showtime back to Los Angeles uh, starting next season, that's for sure.
0: So the Sixers, the Lakers, outside of those two clubs, who else are the big winners of the drafts, in your opinion, Ben?
1: Um, well, the Sixers, outside of Ben Simmons, did a really wonderful job. They've been uh, they've 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 uh, they drafted twenty fourth Timothy Luwawu from France, who was believed to go as high as seven. Uh, He had a little bit of a knee scare in March, so that's why he dropped so uh, so low. But he's a very very talented player. He's going to uh, get on the wing, play on the wing for um, uh, Philadelphia, maybe as soon as next season. They got Furkan Korkmaz uh, from Turkey at 26. Uh, He's not coming in this season. He has a $1.3 million buyout uh, with his Turkish club, uh, Anadolu FS, who was uh, very good last season. He's going to... The kid wants to come over right away, but it's not going to happen. He's going to uh, have to bite the bullet for a year. Both Mm -hmm. guys can shoot. Le can defend. uh, Korkmaz can create... And they might have uh, some, Philadelphia might have some flexibility because maybe none of these two guys uh, are coming right away. I really, really like their draft. Otherwise, um, the Memphis Grizzlies really, really knocked it out of the park. Um, They needed a point guard because Mike Conley might be leaving in free agency. And they got the second best point guard in the draft in Wade Baldwin from uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Tall long he's, uh, like picture this will baldwin has is six two and a half and has a six eleven wingspan <laughs> that is some of the longest arms i've ever seen
0: well that's kind of crazy that's like almost like physically impossible
1: uh, i think uh reggie jackson from detroit has a six four and has a seven foot wingspan but Jeez. um but um, from half
0: court you can almost ba- just dunk
1: Pretty much, but uh, Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Baldwin is one of these kids who need, who doesn't have a good feel for what they're good at and what they're not good at, Uh, but he is going to play for a coach who is a player uh, player development specialist in David Fitzdale in Memphis. I think it's going to be a great uh, match. And the most interesting pick they made, though, uh, they drafted with the second pick of the. Uh, the first pick of the second round, they drafted Deonta Davis from uh, uh, Michigan State. Uh, Davis was the biggest uh, uh, sli- a slipper in the draft. He was supposed to go as high as 10 to Milwaukee, but he ended up uh, being a 31st in Memphis because apparently he refused to do a competitive um uh, workouts he refused to play against other uh, other uh, prospects in the workouts so okay. that played against him well there's always uh, the
0: possibilities was, that those uh, those highly talented prospects don't want to hurt himself or don't want to look bad in a way that they can hurt their chances as well right that's why they don't do the combine or don't practice in those type of games
1: Well, Davis did the combine and helped himself and then just shut down every team in the workout process so that played against him uh, it was a bit cruel But there was something really special about seeing um, Davis uh, getting his interview after being drafted, with like tears in his eyes and saying it and like biting his lips and being like he said it doesn't matter. It's how you play that matters. It doesn't matter the rank. It's how you play. He kept repeating that over and over, and I think he's going to be a great uh, player. With uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, they have a wealth of knowledge inside. With Marc Gasol and Zach Randolph, I think they're going to mold him into a beast. Yeah. Uh, if otherwise, I think the third biggest um, winner of the night were the Denver Nuggets, who mm-hmm. had three first round picks and Canadian. really knocked him up. Pardon
0: me? A Canadian in the top 10 for uh, the Nuggets. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, Jamal Murray, the Canadian fireballer. The guy uh, who reminds me what I've thought of James Harden uh, uh, year, seven years ago. Uh, I think he's going to be a great addition next to Emmanuel Mudiay. He's going to relieve some pressure from Mudiay, And he's going to make a lot of threes. He's going to make a lot of floaters. And he's going to make uh, the Nuggets better, better than they already are. I mm-hmm. think they might... If, if not this year, uh, the, uh, if, if not next year, uh, this, the year afterwards, they might make the playoffs with oh. all these good budding young players in their lineups. They drafted fifteenth. Uh, they went fifteen with they drafted a Juan Hernan Gomez from uh, Estudiantes in Spain, mm-hmm. who uh, is a v- um, very um, offensively versatile versatile big man. They got my boy Malik Beasley at uh, at um, nineteen. These guys are sad. These guys are going to be very good and very fun to watch next season.
0: Uh, One question for you quickly. I don't want to put you on the spot, Ben, but is Jamal Marie going to represent Canada in the qualifier to try to get to Rio? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. So that's what I said because I I thought I saw that this week, but I wasn't sure if I saw that was was going or wasn't going. Because some players are declining. Some players are declining right now. But for Canada, it's going to be a good test. They have uh, one qualifier left. They win the series. They go to Rio. It's happening in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, it's, co- uh, it's uh team coach by Steve Nash, by the way. Uh, but uh, going back to your winners and Sixers, mm-hmm. the freaking Warriors as well were winners in that draft by uh, making trades and uh, drafting earlier than expected.
1: Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant what the Warriors have done. They've drafted Damian Jones with the 38th pick from Vanderbilt, uh, Wade Baldwin's center, uh, which I was not too crazy about. I think he's going to be a good pick overall, but uh, I'm not sure Damian Jones has the feel for the game uh, necessary to play in Golden State. He's a crazy good athlete. He has uh, the physical tool to play Golden State's game. Um, but I'm not sure he has uh, the basketball IQ. The pick that I really went crazy about is that they bought the pick number 38 from Milwaukee and, and they drafted Patrick McCaw from UNLV. Patrick McCaw is one of the guys I went crazy about in the draft this year. He's six foot 7 he's got guard skills, he can shift direction on a dime. I really like this pick. I think... Um, the likes of Sean Livingston and uh, Leandro Barbosa in uh, Golden State have found their hair. I think he's going to be the next generation of uh, Golden State's rotation, and he's going to be uh, and he's going to be even better than Livingston and Barbosa were. Now we
0: talked about the winners. It's time to talk about the other side of that cone, <laughs> the losers, and uh, one oh, yeah. team that had a lot of draft picks this year but actually didn't do quite well with them, is the Celtics. Uh, why did you put the Celtics in the losers, Ben?
1: Well, let it be a cautionary tale for GMs who are rebuilding. It's okay to draft uh, for talent over fit. It's okay to stockpile value assets. But when you have assets, don't be a dick. <laughs> trade them when you need to trade them. And eventually, value needs to uh turn to fit if you want to win you need to trade uh, good assets they dangled the third overall pick for an hour before the draft trying to make a bidding war between philadelphia and toronto uh, and uh, pardon me chicago they wanted jimmy butler they wanted um, they wanted to mount a package for chicago's uh, shooting guard jimmy butler and chicago just didn't bite Philadelphia had a more than a fair um, offer for them. They offered for the third pick, Nerlens Noel, the twenty-fourth, the twenty-sixth pick, and Bob Covington. And the Celtics said no. Uh, it was—it's crazy to me. If you offer me Nerlens Noel for the third pick in that draft alone, I'm doing it. Like the Celtics have a um, rim protector right there. Uh, But they didn't do it, and they drafted Jalen Brown, who is really good, but is going to take a lot of love. He doesn't have a shot right now, and he's going to get uh, swarmed by NBA defenses. Um, They drafted a Frenchman at 16, 16, which was a surprise, Gershon Yabusele. Uh I really like him. I don't think that he's going to come over right away. I'm not sure. Uh, and he's going to take, he's going to take some development too, but I think it could be really good. And they drafted Croatian center Ante Zizic at 23rd, which I'm, ooh, I'm not a fan of. And the second round was good. They drafted two guys who I thought should have went in the first round. They drafted Dimitrios Jackson at 45, who is a point guard from Notre Dame, who's a very explosive point guard, which could, which I, who I could see getting a role in Boston. And one of my favorite players in this draft, Ben Bentil at 51. Ben Bentil is a uh, very versatile, very strong and versatile uh, offensive big man. And I thought he was a steal at at uh, 51. And I think he's going to make Boston's roster this year.
0: You know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the Celtics being losers because it didn't really take full advantage of having a third pick overall and taking all the value they can with maybe trading it uh mm-hmm. me f- uh, following and reporting on many different sports Man, uh, draft picks even though it's different in the nba especially in the first round because there's a very high probability they will play for your team and be good outside of joel Embiid, of course but if mm-hmm. you look in that uh the example the third draft pick If it was, maybe not the third, I would say this for sure. But there's always a chance that a draft pick won't turn out to be what you expect them to be. And when you have a chance to get maybe a seasoned or a proved player, you got to take that chance.
1: Oh, of of course. I agree. And, you know, that's what I said. Don't be a dick with your assets. Uh, If you have have the chance to turn a draft pick into a known commodity, even if you think you're overpaid, do it. You want to win. You want to. Know, you want to. You want to mount a team that you like. Do it. And if you know, if you ask me, to, which uh, rim protector do you want for your team? I'm going to the first name that comes to my mind is Deron Snowell, and I have no coherent explanation why Deron Snowell is not playing for Boston um, this uh, right now, and maybe it's going to happen this summer, but. He, Danny Ainge missed a really, really important opportunity there.
0: Other team you consider losers, the Bucs, which we kind of expected. But yeah, again, the Bucs, not just on the court, but off the court, they're losers as well.
1: Well, um, uh, Coach Johnson yeah, last week really liked uh, both Townmaker and um, Malcolm Brogdon, which both ended up on the Bucs. Uh, I like both players, too. I don't like Tom Maker as a 10th pick overall, as a first-round draft pick. Uh, Concerns about his age notwithstanding, Um, he didn't look very good when I saw him at the Nike Hoop Summit. He got bullied by Brandon Ingram, by uh, Ben Simmons. He did not look like he belonged there. And I don't care how good he looks in the workout process. He is going to require a lot of development and a lot of patience, and I think the even if it seems like an emotional choice from GM John Hammond, I don't think it's going to turn out very well for the Bucs. Malcolm Brogdon in again a nice addition. I think he's going to join the rotation right away. Uh, we know what he can provide. He's a three and D guy. He's going to shoot the three. He's going to defend. He's going to defend the teams. Uh, the other team's best scorer every night. He's going to be a good player. Uh, otherwise, I'm really not impressed with that draft.
0: You know, it's uh, funny you mention it too, because when you're looking at the um, the, the draft and the, the players like this for the Bucs, and you might get Tom Maker, but is he really worth it? Because uh, you mentioned you could get maybe a better option at mm-hmm. that overall pick, which, again, it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds for the Bucks. The Kings mm-hmm. as well you consider them a loser in this draft this year. Well,
1: I was expecting the Kings to make something funny. I was expecting the Kings to make something that doesn't make sense and they've out they met my expectations. They outplayed my expectations. It was completely ridiculous. They had the 8 overall pick who who did they, they, they traded to the Suns? Uh, honestly, to their credit, the eighth overall pick turned out to be Marquis Chris from um, uh, Washington, wh- who is a very high-risk, high-reward player. So maybe they thought they couldn't handle him. But they traded him for the uh, 13th and 28th pick. And Bogdan Bogdanovic, who's playing for Fenerbahce in Turkey, who doesn't want to come over. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to want to come over if knowing that he plays for the Kings now. They drafted with the 13th pick.
0: <laughs> Nothing to encourage uh, him.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. They drafted with the 13th pick a center named Georgios Papagianis, who was supposed to come in, come in the second round too. I think he's gonna, he might be a fine player, but you are already have two amazing centers on the box. What are you going to do with with them? Uh, also, they, uh, drafted, they traded Marco Bellinelli, to uh, the Charlotte Hornets for the 22nd pick, and they turn out to draft Malachi Richardson from Syracuse, who uh, who uh, they had not talked to. But Richardson did not give them perv- give not give them an interview. Uh, he was as surprised as anybody to get drafted by the Kings, and they drafted, I think, my least favorite player in the draft with the 28th pick, Scala Biscier from uh, Kentucky. It was a mess. It's not going to be pretty in uh, Sacramento next season. But it was funny.
0: I see a pattern in your losers team. It seems like it's teams that didn't adjust their pick with what was left on the board, which is uh, there's two tactics when you go to draft. Well, there's more than two, but the two favorite one or the one that we talk about more often is you take your pick, you have your pick, you know what you want to do. And no matter what other teams pick, no matter what player they decide, you go with the one you decided to. Or you adjust accordingly if there's a player that's supposed to go top five and you're like seventh and he's still there when your turn is there. You have to adjust. So in your losers, seems that you put teams that didn't adjust and just stick to their guns throughout the draft.
1: Well, um, I, in the case of Boston, it's really true. and the case Milwaukee, too. Uh, the Kings had a very weird uh, problem. The Kings they could not attract any players for workouts. They, had, they I think they had one workout with Wade Baldwin, and Wade Baldwin told them he didn't want anything to do with Sacramento, and otherwise they they were in the dark. They didn't know who to draft, and they just, they took the players that were there and hoped for the best, but. I really really think it's it's a mess and like they need to do to make trades or the rotations not going to make sense next year.
0: The outliers team that could potentially maybe see high reward with the draft they did but for now are not too sure the Nets and the Rockets man.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the Nets was interesting because they had the all the they only had the 55th pick overall. Five pick before the last, but they parlayed their way into the first round by trading Thaddeus Young to uh, Indiana for uh, a first round pick, uh, which is a curious trade because they owe a pick swap to Boston for next year. So they made their team a lot worse uh, and Boston might reap the rewards from that trade more than any other team. But they drafted Karis Lavert from Michigan, which was a really big surprise. Karis Lavert, if he was healthy, would be a top-five pick in this draft. But Lavert has played 30 games over the last two years. He has feet issues. He has legs issues. These are major, major red flags. Nobody expected to uh, see him in the first round. But if it works out, uh, GM Sean Marks is going to be called a genius. Um it's not going to work out next year though, and uh, Brooklyn's going to suck. They, they parlayed the 55th pick and some money to um, Utah for a um, for uh, uh, Isaiah Whitehead for the 40, 42, 32nd pick for Isaiah Whitehead from Seton Hall, who mm-hmm. is a mercurial scorer with an attitude problem. <laughs> um,
0: There's a lot of those.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's going. He's from Brooklyn too, so he's going to <laughs> uh, love playing in front of his home crowd. I think it's going to be a little bit of a mess, but Lavert and Whitehead uh, makes from a promising start from a team that had absolutely no hope. Um, the um, the um, Rockets drafted two centers because you know Dwight Howard is most likely leaving um, yep. in the second round. They they drafted money option, value options. They drafted. Uh, guard uh, centers who were, were very efficient they drafted Chinese zuchi who um, who is going to sell them a crap load of uh, jerseys in China but he, apparently he's very very uh, mobile mobile uh, <laughs> which versatile is very,
0: uh, which is very uh, big different man then he yeah, uh, ahead it's very different than a Yao Ming, which is the other big Chinese name that we all think of when we think of Chinese basketball player. He was everything but mobile.
1: Yeah, uh, well, he could He could run the floor, but he was not at his best when he was doing it, right? Yeah, and he was already, um, like, uh,
0: old when he actually came to the NBA. Like, uh, he wasn't oh, yeah, yeah he
1: was. But uh, why did I find this? He's actually, like, 35 years old today. I think oh. it just looks old. Okay, <laughs> I was very, I was very surprised when, well, I, but when, it's, I, uh, when I
0: learned. He's older than he is. What I mean is, his body, oh. the wear and tear, the joints, especially oh, yeah. and the muscles, probably feel like the joint and muscles of a fifty-five years old compared to a normal size human being because of the wear and tear and the muscle mass wears on your body.
1: Oh, absolutely, and he might very well be fifty years old. <laughs> Uh, Have you ever two, seen him so walk wait. lately?
0: I've actually seen him oh. last week on a uh, press conference in China and he could yeah, barely yeah. walk normally. He had to yeah, lean yeah, yeah. and well, it was... Well,
1: these big guys, huh? the, the, their problems in their yeah. joints and, the, and their feet too. Uh, I think Yao Ming had back problems too. Um, well, you're not supposed yeah, to yeah, be might... 7 foot tall. So uh, go like ahead. You know.
0: You're not supposed to be 7 foot tall anyway, so that's what happened.
1: Yeah, seven six. Wow. But uh, I think... Uh, I think he might be fifty year old too. We don't know. We don't know how really old he is. Like he, he could be he could be a, a freaking grandfather. Like ages gets trafficked trafficked in China and Africa and all the uh, um, NBA. Uh, what, what was NBA uh, without borders um, camps. Like we don't know really. Like there's rumors that Serge Ibaka is thirty three years old. There's rumors that. Uh, Bismarck boy is 35. We don't know. No,
0: but true, the I... other
1: guy that um, Houston picked is one of my favorite guys in the draft. This guy is named Chinanu Onuwaku from uh, Louisville. Uh, a very, uh, very good guard, a very good um, center for Mike, Mike D'Antoni's system. He's a guy who can run. He's a guy who doesn't need the ball. He's a guy who creates with screens. Uh, he's a very smart defender. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see an Onuaku in the lineup this year.
0: All right. Now, during the draft as well, especially with the week preceding the draft, there's always a lot of trade. And this year, the trades included the big name. Let's start with the one that touches close to heart for you, Derrick Rose (laughs) to New York.
1: Yep. Um, Derrick Rose was acquired by the Knicks, uh, along with Justin Holiday and the second pick in 2017 for uh, Robin Lopez, Jerrion Grant, and Jose Calderon. I danced, I think, all afternoon long when I heard about that, uh, that trade. I shouldn't have because it's a very uh, Nixie move to make to go for a superstar that's past his prime, but, man, we have a point guard we have a point guard that can play. It's exciting. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see uh, Derrick Rose play with uh, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think we gave up a lot for him, but and that Robin Lopez's absence is going to be felt next year. He's the best players we gave for it. But we did not mortgage our future. We did not send picks to Chicago for Derrick Rose. And Worst case scenario, Derrick Rose gets injured on day two. We bought him out, we get a great pick next year. (laughs) Exactly it's a win-win situation.
0: Well, exactly, because there is a possibility that Derek Rose will be injured because he is one of the most Mm -hmm. injury prone players in the NBA. The other big trade that caught everybody's attention during the draft and it was Dangold almost went to Toronto and finished in Orlando. Serge Ibaka, big name from Oklahoma City, leaving and now in Orlando.
1: Yeah, so the magic caused general surprise by acquiring Serge Ibaka from uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder for a King's ransom, really. They gave Victor Oladipo, who was the second pick overall in 2013, uh, Ersan Ilyasova, who's turning free agent this Friday, and 11th pick overall this year, Demantas Sabonis. Sabonis. Um, Ibaka's a great player. Um, they got a better value uh, at a lower price with these three players. I think these three players together make for 10 millions, and Ibaka is, played, is paid 15 millions next year. So it's going to and Ibaka was kept around for his defense, um, but with a um, w- with a um, tandem of Steven Adams and Domantas Sabonis, um, who can switch on screen and who can. Stay in front of Steph Curry for more than three seconds; they're going to be able to replicate what Sergio Ibaka was going uh, mm-hmm. to give them. For Orlando, I'm not sure what it gives what it gives them to have Sergio Ibaka in their lineup, but yeah. it's a difficult uh, destination for free agents in uh, in basketball. Uh, well, they have nothing Orlando. else, right?
0: It's a it's a team that can it's been in transition for a long time now that hasn't seemed to figure it a way to have uh, since the post Dwight Howard time.
1: Exactly. And, uh, I think uh, GM Rob Hannigan is feeling the heat a little bit. He's trying to get some veterans, he's trying to uh, build around the young core that is built. Um, I think moving, uh, Oladipo was the right idea because they're going to give their two and three spots to, uh, Mario Hezonia and Evan Fournier, the um, the European players, which who I think are the future for Orlando, and Baka, Pusevich, Aaron Gordon. I don't know how it's going to work. I hope they find out before I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, here's what I see in the Serge Baca trade: mm-hmm. Is it Oklahoma City raising the white flag in the Kevin Durant resigning with them situation? If you trade one of your uh. best assets like Serge Baca how are you gonna to try to convince Kevin Durant to stay now?
1: Apparently, Durant said it was a good trade, which which okay. is reassuring because it means that Kevin Durant. Maybe
0: the long term, but yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly, and knows knows what his team is good at and what his team is bad at. So uh, they short up some pretty important need with this trade, and I think I think they're trying to make a more a seducing lineup, or I think it's the opposite. I think they're going after Durant harder than ever.
0: Oh, wouldn't make sense because it's either one or the other. You're either like, all right, we're not going to get him so we'll either clear some more space and rebuild or mm-hmm. we'll clear space on the salary cap and give him more money and get maybe another player with him at the same time.
1: I think, I think this is this, this, uh, this, the latter option. I think, uh, uh, they're going to, uh, I think they had too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen uh, on the, in the front court. Uh, they're, they've took out a big piece, but the sum of the small piece they've gotten amounts to more than what Serge Ibaka gave them.
0: Dometa Sabonis was one of the names that people were talking about a lot in that first round mm-hmm. of the draft. What yes. can you tell us about him and how important is he in that trade? Because he's the key piece, of course, in that trade.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Him and Oladipo really are going to uh, give a lot of good minutes to the, um, to the uh, Thunder. Uh, the, the, yes, the Thunder. Um, he is the son of Arrida Sabonis, one of our ex Prospect of the week also. Uh, he is he, he's a very good defensive player, very strong. He can shore up the post uh, and keep his feet in front of very quick and agile guards. Um, he's a good passer too. he's a play he's a playmaker on, on both on offense and on defense. I'm not sure he has quite the length uh, to be a, a starter at the next level, but he will I think he will be one of these guys that comes off the bench and makes the fan base feel secure because he's not going to bungle up in advance.
0: there was a couple of other threes as well during draft week we'll just quickly. Talk about them before we move on to the free agents because uh, that's getting really interesting now. Uh, Indiana mm-hmm. acquires Jeff Teague and Thad Young in two different trades, Ben.
1: Yeah, uh, Indiana basically... Well, Thad Young, we've talked about it already. They traded yep. him for their first overall pick, which I think was a good decision for Indiana if they didn't like anybody in there. Uh, Jeff Teague was trade, it was a three-way uh, trade. Um, Jeff Teague went to Indiana George Hill went to Utah, and uh, Atlanta got the first round pick of uh, the Jazz, or the 12th overall, which they used to, to, to uh, draft Torrey and Prince, um, which I had, I think, for the Hawks in all of my mocks this spring. Um, indiana It's a win-win-win trade, basically. Indiana gets another off- offense creator aside from Paul George in order to run some more pick-and-rolls. Um, in Utah, gets a veteran point guard that you can be actually proud of. He did play Shelvin Mack, I think, for 28 games last year, so it was not very uh, good from them. Uh, Atlanta could have had more for Jeff Teague, but um, they got, they got what they got, and they're going to give the keys to Dennis Schroeder, um, to, to Dennis Schroeder, uh, next year, and I think he's gonna do great. Uh, They've got two wings in this draft in uh, Dorian Prince and DeAndre Bembry. Um, uh, They're in the rebuilding mode. I wouldn't be surprised if Al Horford leaves in free agency. And maybe I wouldn't be surprised to see them trade Paul Millsap next year.
0: You mentioned free agency. Let's talk about free agency. And the biggest name that we touched on a little bit, Kevin Durant there's a possibility he will be a free agent. He can always sign anytime, maybe with Oklahoma. But in your opinion, is there any chance Kevin Durant goes to play for a new team next year?
1: Of course, of course. He's going to listen to uh, what every team has. So he has meetings with six teams. OKC, Golden State, San Antonio, uh, Boston, uh, the Clippers, and Miami. So any one of these teams is in play, really. And if he gets a really convincing sales pitch... Well, he's gone. Um, oh, Golden State is pretty interesting because they have this Harrison Barnes uh, issue. Um, do they give the max to Harrison Barnes or do they let him go um, in, in order to seek an improvement at uh, at small forward? Because Harrison Barnes, Barnes stunk in the playoffs last year. He stunk. It was one of the reasons why they didn't beat the Cavs. And... I don't. I wouldn't want to give max money to this guy. So Kevin Durant to Golden State, that's a scary but very real possibility.
0: Hey, they'll make sure the next season in the final of the NBA, they're not going to get the same thing done out oh, physically. Of course. Exactly. That's what they have in mind right now. Let me hear. And uh, Hassan Whiteside, Joachim Noah, Mike Conley, Nicholas Badham, amongst a lot, a lot more. Which one would you sign if you were general manager of a team right now? Which team would you be general manager of, and who would you sign?
1: Well, let's say I'm man- I'm general manager of the uh, Golden State Warriors because there's a very um, there's a very uh, interesting array of challenges to undertake. Um, what am I doing with my small forward spot? There's Nicholas Batum. The multi-talented Frenchman from uh, the Hornets, who is eligible for max money too, it would be a good uh, upgrade over Harrison Barnes, without being Kevin Durant, of course. Um, I'm looking, I'm lurking towards, uh, um, I'm lurking towards um, uh, Nicholas Batum, and I'm being really sexy right now. If I'm Bob Myers, um, <laughs> there's they, ha- they have also a really weird situation where. Um, their backup center Festus might get offered a max offer sheet by a team let's say Los Angeles if Los Angeles whiffs on a side and wide side I think think they give the max to Festus so what are they going to do with this situation is going to be really interesting I think that's why Damian Jones was brought in the draft Um, the Lakers also have basically they have to get it right this year the Lakers have to get some uh, Fridges. I think White Whiteside is going to sign with them, and it's going to make them instantly better, along with uh, DeAngelo Russell and uh, Brandon Ingram. But it's not. It's not a given. Uh, now it's going to be very interesting. Mike Conley might leave, might go leave to go for the Spurs, which makes them contenders again. Uh, so let's keep an eye on it.
0: To continue the tradition, even though the draft just happened. Let's talk about next year's draft and the first prospect of the week for the 2017 draft, ben.
1: Yes, sir. The first tour, tour, 20, uh, uh, 20, uh, 2017 yes. uh, draft pick, uh, pro, pro, the first 2017 <laughs> prospect of the week, Harry Giles from Duke. He has been tearing it up uh, all over the internet for three years or so. He's something we haven't seen before. He's a big guy who really handles the ball like a guard, who can do dribbling moves, who looks, who doesn't look stupid when he does dribbling moves. Uh, he is basically a 6'10 version of John Wall. I've never seen this before. He, he's, he has an un, he has an unlimited ceiling, but because there's a but, that's the most interesting thing. He had three knee ligament stare I think in two years uh, in high school the Greg Oden potential is really strong with him like he could never see uh, the floor in college and he could never see the floor in NBA he's a very nice concept he's a very interesting concept right now his mixtapes are still burning through the internet right now but will it translate into reality and who is going to take be willing to take that risk well, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke was this year, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting uh, to watch. But did he play for Duke, um, or he just it, uh,
0: was on the bench so far? He's
1: he's going he's going to play for Duke next okay, year. Okay, he's he going just, to play. He, okay, he hasn't started
0: yet. Okay.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, but he is a polarizing, uh, fun, exciting prospect. He uh, he could be very well the future of the NBA. We could be nothing at all.
0: Well, that's always the case when we talk about prospect and draft, right? It always looks good until, well, they don't.
1: It's a good year this year, so it's going to be interesting to follow.
0: Absolutely, Ben. All right, you're done analyzing, watching the draft, and taking so much information. You can rest your eyes for a little bit after reading and watching all those videos. I know you must be tired. And until next week, for Benoit Leliev, I'm Kevin Laramie, and, uh, well, enjoy your basketball. Yes, sir. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.